Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Andy, it's July 4th weekend, which means it's hot dog season. Uh, it's happening. Not a lot to, not a lot to bet on. Not a lot to do a full episode for it. I think we're going to talk a little NFL today, but off the top, you got any, now that you're part of the professional eating fraternity, do you have any um, inside scoop, any handicapping angles for this Nathan's hot dog eating contest? You, you brought me something today. I was going <laughs> to start digging into like Instagrams and stuff this afternoon, but yeah, that the Mickey pseudo has destroyed the women's record at home under you know real controlled conditions and who knows but so that number has gone quickly i think it was what 37 hot dogs for the women's well for her or was it just the women's champ it was women's champ 37 and a half it's the same thing she doesn't have a ton of competition right now but it was 37 and a half like minus 40 to the over and then today it's 40 and a half hot dogs minus 70 (laughs) So everybody, yeah. anybody who read that bet the over, which we did get some 37, I think 40 and a half, 40 and a half is still fine. I would still bet it if I had it. Like, yeah. yeah, we've talked about this before, like eating outside in the heat that does stuff to your body. Like, it is going to be indoors in a controlled environment. As long as the hot dogs don't get cold, I think we're going to see some sick numbers. So that'll be exciting. It uh, we'll see if my in-laws have that channel in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. That's sometimes that's an issue out there. I'm streaming shit in the bedroom because they don't. They only get a few channels. I like it. Um, did uh, you think we are in? I mean, I guess let's assume it's you know controlled environment, seventy degrees. Hot dogs are you know are are good, good cooked. You know, not sitting there cold, gross. Uh, are we going to see a women's record? We could. I think you, somebody I know bet on that. Yeah. Is like plus one fifty still out there, or has that gotten beat? I'm I'm not even sure. I didn't even go. I didn't have time to look when you were talking to me earlier. But yeah, we. I think we have chance. Somebody should put that prop up. Maybe we'll have to tweet Dave Mason because he'll put stuff up. <laughs> you know. Oh, which one? Well, just say uh, will both records fall? Oh, will both records fall? Ooh, I like this. Oh, nice. Well, how would you price um, that? Uh, I'm doing. No, I think I think it's fifty fifty on both. Uh, to be honest, I think this is a bit of parlay. Uh, so yeah, right. So yeah, like two point six. Yeah, yeah, probably three or four to one, maybe. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. hopefully let's ask him if he listens to this. Men's record falling is probably two to one. Women's record falling is probably like plus one fifty. That'd be my numbers if I was making numbers on that. Um, but it should be good. Uh, that, should be a fun. That parlay should be a, like seven and a half to one then. Yeah. Okay. That would be cool. Um, yeah. Uh, not a lot of, uh, not a lot of outs really willing to take any big bets on hot dogs before some of this news got out. Um, yeah. maybe they'll take bigger bets on, you know, on July 4th or whatever, but by that point, the numbers that, will be yeah. beaten into shape. So there's a few that'll open up a bunch of matchups. It's, it's tough right now with being such a, it's almost like tennis where, you know, you have your big, especially at the slams you have the big three now it's not the big four anymore but it's no fun trying to find value on anyone in the french open when the doll's healthy same thing here 
you know, the matchups are going to be, you know, it should be spread matchups. You know, you don't want Joe. Nobody's going to bet Joey minus fifteen hundred versus Nick Wary. You know, <laughs> we, we need we need hot dog spreads. So hopefully somebody puts those up. Bovada's been decent over the years about putting some stuff up like that, and hopefully we'll see some stuff later in the week, uh, maybe Friday, because it is a weekend Fourth of July. Apologies to anybody who is getting less time off of work because of that. The best one. For anybody in like an office environment or honestly anything is when it's a Thursday, and they oh just, yeah, that's a good one. You know, well the hell with trying to get people to come into the office on Friday. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean I mean the the temperature around here. I mean California is all kinds of all kinds of screwed up right now. Like they're closing the beaches for the Fourth of July. Like it's going to be an absolute shit show that. this weekend. Uh, yeah, well, the LA Sheriff's Department said, no, you're on your own. We're not going to force this. I, I did um, see that. Yeah, wild, wild, absolutely wild. Um, but the uh, the hot dog eating contest, I think the, the true handicapping angles that we think are, you know, are, are worth uh, are worth getting after this year, Joey Chestnut to win easily. Uh, Stoney did not get in to New York before they put in the mandatory quarantine. And so he yeah, is out. Really- of People the comp can't even make it in because of uh Stoney's out. It, is it Cuomo or is it the Cuomo, the New York governor? Yep. Yeah. Imposing a mandatory quarantine. Yeah. So no, Stoney's apparently out. Uh, and he was the only guy that could probably stay within about 20 hot dogs of Joey Chestnut. So uh, if we do see handicaps pop in there in the teens of hot dogs, I'm going to be pretty fat on Joey Joey matchups. Uh, and uh, similarly, I think uh, Miki has a legitimate chance to hit 50 uh, if her practice run was any indication. She did a breezy 50. I mean, it, so was, many a, it, was, a, it was a breezy 50. And uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's looking good. Like she'll be able to uh, put up a, a hell of a number. So over anything really is, is bettable up to probably like 40, what, 46 and a half, 47, something like that. Um, so I'd, I'd those get a little are... scared over 45, but okay, okay. Um, yeah, it's a it's 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 ideal conditions at home. It's a little more pressure when you, you know you're you're on camera and you know there's a little bit a uh, little bit more at stake, I guess. Um, but anyway, it should be fun regardless. And uh, best of luck to you and your your wagers. Um, let's talk some NFL though today. We're gonna do a golf pod tomorrow. Uh, we got a special guest that I'm excited to talk to, uh, and that means uh, rather than our normal Wednesday NFL pod, we're we're going to drop this one today. We've pretty much covered all of the award markets, so we can kind of move on. Next level of analysis for the season. Next level of season prep. Is that fair? Fair by you? Yeah. As we, I don't know how how many times we mentioned it on the podcast, but we made some jokes about. Oh, I, I mean, we can lead into it because we are, we did have some, you know, fair sized news in the NFL on Monday, but we saw the MVP market move precipitously in someone's, somebody's number. And we joked about, you know, did they even move anybody else down? Because that's kind of how these award markets work. I am thinking we need to track that closer next year or see if somebody had the opening, opening numbers for the full field, because I wonder what the holds look like on MVP when they open compared to when they close. I, yeah. bet, it goes, I bet it goes up 20%. 40 to 80 we, it would be my guess. You, you track that at one point. Yeah. 
where you were saying like, Hey, from yesterday to today, it went up because they moved yeah. some people up they, and they don't, you know, Cam Newton goes up to whatever he's at. They don't change anyone else's odds the other way and the whole just right. goes up. So it, it probably gets harder as you go. If you're betting into these award markets, I think that's a like, lesson I'm, learned from I'm, this cycle. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad we touched on it in June and put some bets in. Yep. The numbers are only going to get shorter. I think that's, that's the way these markets are going to work this year, at least. Um, and yeah, the, uh, what did you, I guess, what were your, what was your gut reaction to the cam news? Cause we joked about that a couple of times this fall. I mean, this spring, um, even on the MVP pod, you were like, you have any interest in cam Newton at 101. And I was kind of like, I don't know about his health, even if he does find a team, but, uh, what, what was your gut reaction when you saw that come across the wire Sunday? Oh, my gut reaction was that I should just not read Twitter for like four hours because the hot <laughs> Man, uh, there's maybe like three people, and a couple of them are actually insufferable to begin with. So I want to mention who they are. Because, and it sucks because I'd be giving them a compliment if I actually wanted to mention You're talking about 90% of the NFL media. So I have no idea who you're. Oh, no. To. I mean, even just some betters <laughs> that I follow. Like, there's, okay. there, I'd okay. say 99% of people are black and white on cam where there's sure. no middle ground either. Like he's washed. He's had a million injuries. This is just dumb. He's not playing. They're all about Stidham or he won an MVP buddy. He took a team to the Super Bowl <laughs> with some questions. Again. Yeah. yeah right. again. This is happening. Like they're probably winning the Super Bowl. I, Cam Newton was a number one pick. Like there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to either of those takes. Like, can't there be a middle ground where we're where we're and it it sucks because the middle ground's a little wishy washy and it it forces you to maybe not take a strong stance, but, but you can say like that's a negative. Oh, you you know you're sitting on the fence. You won't make a decision. You know this isn't. I don't get paid. Well, I don't barely get paid for this anyway. But you know you don't get paid in sports betting for always taking a stand no matter what i mean it's yeah, kind of like some of the best bets you take are passing and i think as far as the patriots go uh, i don't have enough of a conviction one way or the other to you know take a look at those prices and bet one way or the other the only thing i did bet on some comeback of the year comeback player of the year odds just because a couple books had him way off market way too late like, oh, good. Where, where, yeah, where he should have been, you know. Sniped some comeback. He might not even play. He, like, there, there's a non-zero chance he doesn't see the field this year. And oh, yeah. Just sure. absolute dead tickets. But if, he's, if he ends up winning the starting job, and I mean, there's seven playoff teams. And, you know, just the, the narrative of taking a team to the playoffs, even if you're like an 8-8, eight 9-7 and, eight, nine and seven team, that feels pretty good for a comeback player of the year that was in the mid to high teens. Yeah, hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. That's kind of where I stand on it now. We've been on record as saying the foot injury was rough, but we still think the shoulder probably is never a hundred percent. And then I guess my counterpoint to my own point would be, you know, Josh McDaniel's pretty good. Bill Belichick's pretty good. I'm sure if they have to use him, if they want to use him and his shoulder isn't, you know, what it was, let's say in 2014, they'll find a way to use them. Look at what the, you know, we make fun of the noodle arm down in new Orleans all the time. They still were a really good team that for, I don't know how they lost to Minnesota in the playoffs. Like that was a great team last year. I thought, yeah. And you know, the, or even, and granted he was a 
football genius, but man, did you see Peyton Manning's arm in his Denver Super Bowl? Like that yeah, was it was the uh, ultimate yeah. of noodle arms. Like, if, if you have smart coaching staff and a good <laughs> he roster, was, he was line, skipping five yard passes. Noodle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't. <laughs> it, it just depends on you know a quarterback is super important. We're not we're not saying that's you know, we're not taking away from that, but there's a lot of other moving parts, and they they invest in the offensive line like you think they are. I don't know. Could be a good team again. Sucks if you hate the Patriots. Yeah, this is only plus. Uh, this is all. This is this entire um, saga is only plus. You know, upside potential for the Patriots, especially if you want to go from a money standpoint. What they paid, yeah, yeah they got him for a song, and they I, honestly, like, I was really scratching my head. What in the hell was going on with their quarterback depth chart up until this signing? Like, really, you're like Stidham and Hoyer, really. Like this is it. The, this is what you're going to battle with here. And the way the market was pricing that team, uh, you know, from the get-go was a little like, so they're going to win in spite of their quarterback. That's not really how it's done these days in the NFL. There are very few examples you can point to that that's how you, you know, that that is how you find success in the NFL today. Um, and so I think this gives them a hell of a lot more upside because if he's even eighty percent healthy. Um, he's a much, much more effective, uh, you know, a weapon in this offense than Jared Stidham is, in my opinion. I don't think it's especially yeah. close. Uh, I mean, you could like, like in the back of my head with Stidham taking a majority of the snaps for the Pats this season, I thought there was possibility that they were doing that on purpose to tank. Like if that was the plan. Like that was there was a non-zero chance that the Patriots were legitimately going to concede the season work on whatever they wanted to work on, position themselves to draft one of the amazing quarterbacks coming out of next year's draft. Um, this kind of gives them a hell of a lot more flexibility, I guess. Um, and yeah. I, you know, the, the, my yeah, general, no, it, it's I guess, a plus there's no way this is some, some negative. Like the, yeah. the, like you said, the quarterback room was extremely suspect and I mean, even the Stidham truthers had to be kind of a little nervous about that. Like, the, this is what we're doing, and we don't really because <laughs> Hoyer at this point. Oh, I don't want to disparage Hoyer. Like, he's been he's been a probably a good asset to everywhere he's been as far, especially as a backup, smart guy. But like that, that at this point in his career, this is not where you want to be if you need to start him. <laughs> like, that's bad. No. I mean, that, that's yeah. a thing. like at that point, you're like, oh, we're tanking. Yeah, we're, right. We're, we're Miami. It's over. Yeah. Season's over. It's, yeah. it's over. So, yeah. and, and, to, and also like, you know, I give shit to the people who are treating this as such a black and white issue and are so stubborn and headstrong on everything about this. But like in every one of those terrible headstrong takes, you know, there are grains of truth and the, you know, the Stidham truthers, a big part of that is, well, you know, Cam's got to come in and learn the system and Cam's unfamiliar with the, you know, the roster. He hasn't been around. Like there, there could be a little of that. If I had to make predictions about who actually, yeah, the roster's the not season. the offensive roster is not great. Also, That's yeah, it's, it's not great. Like there. I don't know if you want to throw them out there, but this system, you know, I'll if tell you if what, we don't have a. Well, I'm just saying, like if if we don't have a like, that that point gets magnified by a lot. If we don't have a proper off season, like we're already at, yeah, that's that's a good point. So that, that, um, there might be like my, I think the most likely scenario is Cam starts more games than Stidham, but they both start at some point. Mm, okay, that's not crazy. I, I, it's my, 
I think there's more than a 50% play, chance. I, I that, yeah, 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 that's totally fair. I think there's more than a 50% chance now that Cam starts the full 16 game season and is good. I think that that's I, I, that's a, at a minimum that's a 50-50. Um and I think that this particular offense what Josh McDaniels likes to do um fits a hundred times better than Norv Turner's offense did. Right. We can't, well, one of the reasons last year it was so like this, you know, this or two years ago, even like that we were, I, I was very outspoken. This is a disaster waiting to happen. You put Norv Turner's offense with one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL with Cam Newton, who had taken a bunch of licks the season before out there. And it was an injury waiting to happen. Like he was, you know, North Turner does the seven step drop back thing. You're asking Cam Newton to throw the ball down the field. And he was getting just absolutely, you know, pounded because, you know, they, they of course they were asking him to do his standard, um, you know, physical running, uh, get the, you know, move the chains type of, um, you know, plays. And so he was taking a pretty physical beating. Um, and I think in Josh McDaniel's offense, he has a lot more opportunities to, um, you know, kind of make do with what he currently has as far as his physical tools go. Um, you know, kind of a short passing rhythm sort of system seems like the ideal, uh, you know, sort of scheme for what Cam Newton currently is. Do you, would you agree with that at all? Oh, well, yeah. Like I said, I think he's in a better situation for sure. Like there's yeah, no, you're not, you're not asking him to throw the ball 20 yards down the field along the sidelines to a, you know, to a, to a pinpoint. Uh, you know, you're not asking him to, you know, extend plays and and kind of move the pocket. Like he's he's going to have a lot of opportunities for success in this offense, I think. Um, and you know, if his foot injury is healed, he still has what made him kind of the absolute dynamic um, athlete, playmaker, quarterback, whatever you wanted to call it in terms of moving the chains. Like that, he has what um, something like a hundred. Uh, and one conversions in his in his career, like the next best quarterback is something like twenty five or something insane like that. Like he is he's like had that singular ability to extend drives uh, via converting fourth, third and one, fourth and one. You know, goal to go situations um, was what really set him apart and made him you know the MVP that year and just kind of a perennial top ten quarterback in in terms of you know the landscape of the NFL over the last four or five years. So. Um, I yeah, think I, mean, I'm, I think there's upside five and jacks. Yeah. Like that was always a, such a plus EV play. Like we're just camp like fall down over the line. And I mean, yeah. well, I, I shouldn't even say that because he's athletic. He was very. It wasn't a fall down over the line. It was, hey, I'm I'm athletic. I'm six five. I'm huge, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get this yard. Like you're not gonna stop me. Yeah, right. And so, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of it comes down, well, what are you going to ask him to do? Are you going to ask him to do Pat Mahomes stuff? Well, no, he's not going to succeed. Like, are you going to ask him to do what Tom Brady did last year? I think he can do that. Uh, you know, I think there's a very real possibility that he can run that offense. And there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of real, real upside now. I'm not all of a sudden like a buyer on the Patriots. I'd like to see how this plays out. I think your point about the familiarity of the offense and the weapons and, you know, just overall the kind of the disruptive nature of this off season is something to keep an eye on. Um, but uh, well, especially now that the numbers have got, I mean, then everything's out of whack. Like, all have the, you seen it move that much? I haven't seen a ton of movement. What, what all did you, what all did you see in the futures market out, out of curiosity? I didn't know. I wasn't paying. I mean, just, I mean the, the Super Bowl number was bad to begin with. I thought 
and now it's lower and uh, yeah it's uh, there was some movement there to win the division went from like plus 150 some places had high as 170 i, I feel like uh, maybe that maybe i'm thinking of a different market mostly 150s i think it went down to like plus 120 it's a half decent move and then you know there's some juice on the regular win totals some had nine up now uh, just Cam MVP moved a whole bunch. Cam comeback player of the year. The I want to say two minutes. Obviously, everything moved. I mean, to make playoffs, to win the division, everything AFC. But like, I didn't love those numbers to begin with. And while I'm, you know, like you yeah, said, it's that's not a, great a negative. Point. I'm not. I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not getting excited to jump on anything. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. Um, in the let's say there's a 10 percent chance Cam wins the starting job and is like as good as he's ever been do, do the limitations with the skill set across the, that offense still keep a relatively low ceiling on the patriots offensively uh to the tune of they are not in the conversation with the ravens and the chiefs still for realistically having a shot to win the afc yeah that's fair like the, i think they probably have a decent shot at the playoffs i, th- I mean just what Bill does with backups and the like, the team makeup. And I don't know if you can. I don't want to say like there's some clutch gene or some intangible, but they always just seem to find a way to scheme themselves into a decent season. And like I kind of would have penciled them in for probably making a run at the wild card if Stidham was half decent anyway. So and I, I think they end up in the playoffs. But yeah, going. You know, let's say the Bills win the division, or even the Patriots win the division, but they're the four seed. Like, if you have to play three games plus the Super Bowl, two of them are, you know, what in Baltimore, in Kansas City. Yes, in, great you know, point. No, it's just it's really hard to. I uh, somebody you got this exactly said, right. You got some, this right. Somebody DM me and said like, "Hey, there's a." There's a uh, rogue number out there. Patriots are still twenty to one at this one book to win the Super Bowl, and I did some parlay math on you know, let's say they have to play. You know, they are the four seed, and then you don't. You, I mean, who, who do you, you got to play? Then? The tu- you got to play the toughest wild card, which might be yeah. Pittsburgh, uh, you, might, yeah, be, like, uh, might be might be Houston. Put, yeah, I put them at like minus two hundred, minus two fifty to a good wild card. Be the Browns. If they end up, you know, if they end up winning the division, they'll be a, it'll be a good team at least perception wise. Like, so it was like minus two fifty, and then I put prices to them if they had to go to Baltimore, then two yeah. plus plus four hundred, plus three hundred. I mean, I, I put like plus one fifty, plus two fifty, just oh, okay. giving them giving them the benefit of the doubt, and then you know at that point you're really really grasping at straws if you're trying to predict you know the Super Bowl who's going to be there in price. The last couple have been pretty closely lined. I put it at, I put it at, I put it at minus one ten, and the parlay math came to over twenty to one. Oh so yikes! If you, if you really like the paint, I mean, well, I mean, if you're like some believer and you think the Patriots are going like thirteen and three with Cam, maybe you should grab this number. But that's like I, a two percent chance, though, not yeah, a ten. <laughs> I think what what the Super Bowl numbers are now, just doing a, a fourteen parlay or a rollover with the Patriots through the playoffs. Probably gonna give you a better number. Yeah. It's gonna be a better number for it, it, yeah. It came out to like twenty five to one. So even if there, yeah, old, yeah, you, you know, yeah. loose number that was sitting there was worse than that. You're you're absolutely right. It's gonna take it's gonna take a very strange season for us not to see Kansas City, Baltimore one two, 
which means that the um, the most likely path takes them on the road for the divisional round and the AFC title game. And conservatively, they'll be seven point dogs in both those games, maybe six. Yeah, I put it like I had to look up. I'm so bad at money lines because I don't. It's not like we're sitting here betting money lines in football. Sure. Unless it's like a plus two and a half dog. So I had to actually do a little looking based on where, you know, the, the distribution, the range where I'd put them as being a dog in Kansas City, in Baltimore. And, and I went conservative on it. Like, yeah. I, I honestly think unless you, do, you can you find do something magic. Yeah. yeah. Unless you find something magic or something weird happens in the playoffs. I wonder if there's, there's probably a lot of situations like this. If you want a, a team that's, you know, the third, fourth, or a wild card to win the Super Bowl. God, you're like right. A, in the AFC, roll, in the AFC for sure. In the yeah, AFC a rollover sure. is going to be better than uh, probably the odds you're given even at the point of the Super Bowl or at the point yeah. of the playoffs starting. So. Yeah. The chances, of you, the chances of you getting the one seed if you're not Kansas City or Baltimore in the AFC are so low that if you are betting any other team in the AFC, you're better off doing a rollover likely. I yeah. think that's not crazy. I think that actually. I don't think it's crazy up. in a shitload of markets, because the hold the hold on that is way lower. In fact, it's, yeah. it's less than it's less than the true hold on an actual game. That's a good point. Um, okay, well, uh, so positive, but not that positive. I think is our main takeaway. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a positive, but the the two the two previous MVPs are still in your conference, and I don't think those teams did anything to get worse. Yeah. Did you eye up uh, Pat's AFC East at all? Mm. You think they'll have still more value in them, someone like the Dolphins? Because I'm, I... I'm, 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 I'm still pretty chilly on Bills and Jets. To be oh, yeah. No, I'm very chilly on the Jets. I just I joke about the Jets, but yeah, they have a brutal roster. Really sucks for them. I'm looking at possibly some exact order of finish or some live betting. I, okay. I, if you say plus 120 and plus 120 on Bills and Patriots right now. I think yeah. better numbers on both of those. So okay. Okay. I might look to get those live. I'm gonna look at the schedules too to see if there's gonna be like, hey, we should grab, you know, Miami and the Bills now and then the Patriots here. I think I mentioned that with one team. We'll get into that when we get to previews. Somebody I was it the Texans that had like the first four games were Yes, very, very, very hard. Like, Teams that were in the second round of the playoffs, at least. Yeah, they open. They open at Kansas City at Baltimore, <laughs> or something yeah. insane. I don't know if they're at both, but they're at Kansas City Thursday night. I think they may be home for Baltimore, but whatever the case is. Um, yeah, yeah, it goes Kansas City, Baltimore, at Pittsburgh, and then hosting the Vikings. Yeah, that's a tough four. I mean, that's Steelers, tough, Steelers that's a tough. Steelers weren't tough. a playoff team per se, but I mean they were. That's tough. They were a good roster, all things considered. What they had going on at the quarterbacks position, yeah, I almost feel bad for the Jaguars. They're, that's their fifth game. They're they're going to be taking a lot of aggression out on Jacksonville in uh, early October. There. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Patriots out of the gate uh, host the Dolphins, uh, and that I just looked up. Um, Did you see that tweet? Yeah, Pat's minus seven. How about that? Did Did you see the tweet about that? <laughs> that they went the other way, which was not yeah, correct. Had, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they I were did. quoting like a a book that didn't make sense for what was going on. But yeah, they said that they signed Cam Newton, and now Miami's less of a dog. 
Well, I mean, that's, that's not really true if you're looking not at true. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Patriots a seven point, uh, you know, touchdown favorite at home week one against the Dolphins. That's going to be an interesting spot. Um, Dolphins played them obviously very, very tough last year at week 17. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I just want week one to get here and it's so fucking far away. We should probably just, uh, probably just put a, put a, put a pin in a lot of this stuff, but, uh, here we are creating content July 4th. Um, what, uh, what angle should we take today? If we're kind of through the, um, awards markets. Well, we talk a big game about finally getting into the, I don't want to call it game of the year because it's not, it's different. Game of the year is more of a college thing where they put out select games. And in the NFL, as we've talked about the past couple seasons, there are books that will put out a price for every single game, which I suppose is easier. There's only 256 and they do leave out week 17. Actually, I found week 17 lines this year. Oh, there was somebody's putting them out? Yeah, points yes. ahead of up. I, I suppose if if they keep the limits reasonable, what's the what's well? The, I, I don't. I yeah, it was kind of a silly reason not to do it anyway. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we don't know who's going to play week seventeen, but we do know who's going to play week sixteen. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, sure. But and at that point, like I, I'm assuming they're not taking twenty five k on these, so they'll be all right. Oh yeah, no, I think it. I don't think. No, I don't think they're taking especially large bets on any. I think I think the biggest you can get down on any week, any uh, any bet you want to make for anything beyond week one is about two k right now, as far as I can tell you, on a side and one k on a total. That's higher than I would have guessed. I would have thought it'd been a thousand five hundred. Yeah, I think once you get later, I think a lot of places season, are. Right. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, but yeah, no. The look ahead lines are a very, very, very useful data set for this time of year for understanding what the market, um, how they've priced every team. Uh, and we go through this every year. It's a cheat sheet. It's a damn, it's a cheat sheet. It's exactly yeah, right. No, it's, you went into the teacher's desk. You found yeah. the sheet. It just happens to be in French and you have to translate it quick. That's exactly, that's a great analogy. Um, in the same way that like, if you have a couple of weeks of NBA data, if you have a couple weeks of MLB prices, I guess it's harder with MLB prices because the pitchers are changing. But let's say you have a couple weeks of NBA data, a couple weeks of NHL prices. Um, you can, you know, you have enough data points if you have a hundred, you know, a couple hundred games uh, to back calculate what the market power numbers are, basically. Um, you know, and the closing line presumably speaks to, you know, kind of the, uh, the, the, it, it speaks to the opinions of everyone in the market. Um, you know, everyone who's got analytical models, everyone who's playing situational angles, like the closing number has a lot of value in it in kind of instructing you of, okay, this is, um, you know, this is what the given rating is for each team relative to every other team. Uh, and in the, exactly the same way, before the season starts, these look-ahead lines serve as a, as a very useful data set um, to back-calculate what the NFL power numbers are. Just went through the same process I do every off-season to see what effectively the quote-unquote Vegas power numbers are. Uh, and it is always eye-opening. Um, getting better at this, I guessed 
uh, a lot of these before actually even doing the, um, you know, doing the back calculation. Uh, and I wasn't too far off. There's not that many surprises here. There's only about eight or nine where I had more than half a point disagreement uh, in these power numbers relative to what the kind of the average market numbers are. Um, do I probably ought to describe the process a little, huh? Yeah. Well, I want you to go through what you do. So, you know, you started with, yeah, you have a price, a spread yeah. price for every yeah. single game from here until the end of the season. What right. are you doing with that to come up with these back end right. okay. Vegas numbers? So I'm so I'm solving I'm solving a minimization of error problem. Okay, all you have Boring. 256 data points. These 256 data points describe the space in its entirety. And what I'm trying to do is come up with the power number that for every one of the 32 teams that minimizes the um, minimizes the error when you uh, take two any two, any given game you take the two power numbers uh, you subtract home field advantage and you get a spread uh, that you I want to be as close as possible to the look ahead line in the market. Does that make sense? Yes. So I start, I guess, start guessing uh, that, um, you know, I guess that the, the Cowboys are, are a four points better than average. I guess that the Eagles are three points better than an average team. And I go to the, uh, you know, I, I go down to the first time they're playing. It's in Dallas. Uh, I have, um, you know, some guess at what home field advantage is. This year I started guessing it was about two. Uh, and I look at, okay, well, if I have three for Dallas and four, sorry, four for Dallas and three for, uh, for Philly, then that game should be Dallas minus three, right? Yes. Well, it's minus three and a half. Okay. Well, I'm a half point off. I'm either a half point too low on Dallas or a half point too high on Philadelphia, right? I can go through all of my other Dallas games and see if, which one of those is true. I can go through all my other Philly games, see if which one of those is true, and I can make the adjustment accordingly, right? I've set all of this up as a, into a problem where uh, I'm solving for the minimum error across all 256 examples here, uh, and it spits out, here are the 32 power numbers that best fit this data set you give me. Once I got the best fit on the day on the power numbers, then I go through and I, I lock that and I solve, say, okay, well, was my assumption about two as home field advantage uh, correct? And I let that float uh, and continue to try to minimize the error. Uh, turned out this year two was too high, <laughs> even. <laughs> it's yeah. actually closer to one and a half. <laughs> go figure. Um, and then, uh, and then after kind of figuring out team specific um, home field advantage. Then I go through it one last time uh, to minimize the error and finalize the power numbers for every team. I round everything to the nearest half point. So it's not insane. Uh, and uh, then I screenshot it and send it over to you. What'd you think? I was, I mean, I questioned half-heartedly joking, questioned your process. Like just hey, did you do this the exact same as last year? Because I mean, obviously there's a couple teams that are off from where I have my rough numbers, and I haven't got deep in enough where I'm going to trust my numbers enough to make some 
you know, make some actual full-sized bets on some of these games ahead. I, I need some homework to be done yet first. But aside from a couple teams being off of where I thought they should be, even if I guess I'm not surprised where they actually are, the, yeah, the home field advantage thing was jarring. Yeah. Big ship big is a big difference this year. It's really big. Um, the look-ahead lines last year had, on average, three uh, points built in for home field advantage. Uh, and this year it's one and a half. So they're taking a pretty good sized chunk out. Some of that obviously is as we learned the hard way last year, home field advantage is diminishing like rapidly. <laughs> it's evaporating in the NFL. Um, but uh, I'm sure that was aided by kind of the rationalizing, Hey, there's not going to be fans. There's, you know, there are some aspects to this that are different this year than a normal year. What was your major takeaway on that shift from three to one and a half? Do you think that will bear out or are we going to go back up? So I think they're trying to fit the narrative and we don't know yet. It might be to our advantage. I have a feeling if they left home field where it was at last year they'd get hit on a lot of that and have to adjust it anyway and maybe they just didn't want to deal with that do you, do you kind of get where i'm getting at like they they're they set the lines to the narrative or maybe they yeah actually, okay maybe they actually believe that home field is lessened with fewer fans like i don't think it's a big deal i guess here's the question did you think that the opening numbers you saw week in week out down the home stretch last year reflected one and a half more so than it reflected three i kind of think it did they made adjustments i don't think it was one and a half i think it was probably two and a quarter two two and a change okay yeah i mean there was some adjustment i remember the one week where home field the home teams (laughs) went like you know like you know, 13 and one or something somewhere in the middle of the season. It came back, it came back to somewhere near the middle, but it was still highly skewed towards road teams, road field advantage, you know, ruled last year. And maybe they're making a slight adjustment to that. Like if, if you look, if you look at, uh, Oh, the SQL and you look at just, uh, well, what do you want to call it? Just the composite, the average total over a yeah. season. You can yeah. look at that. I mean, that's gone up. Yes, it's very much average. so. You know, without it's, without it's, question. It's not like yeah. you, well, you say it's these, crept these, from like forty three to forty six over the last three years, four yeah. years. Yeah. yeah, you you can look at it year by year, or even if you want to go like you know first half of the season, the second half to first half of the next season, the second half, and break it up in eight eight and a half game chunks. I guess what we're going to call it. Like it, it creeps up. They're going to make strong adjustments like that if they need to. And like that one is very warranted as scoring has gone up and just the, the way the offense is being run. It's different. But I don't know if I totally agree with such a strong adjustment to home field. Okay. Especially okay. I, I think, and I, I might be, I might be in a lonely Island here, but man, and we saw news about it today. And I think this was way further, way further out of left field than anything I had predicted. But we yeah. said something about this. I don't know if we said it on a pod or talking to somebody. I said home field might be bigger this year as teams just absolutely fuck up travel. 
Yeah. Like they just, they completely bugger it. Uh, and then not only fucking up travel, but it was the, a tweet where somebody had showed the check-in um, protocol at a hotel. They were. Yes. I remember that. I mean, the, the it looked like it was going to take forever. And I have checked in accidentally behind a football team. Once it was Kent, <laughs> Kent State flash or whatever. They were playing the Gophers, And I got to the hotel right as they pulled in and were piling up and, you know, they had reservations and it, it wasn't, you know, like some complete shit show, but, I mean, it took long enough where I went and found something else to do. <laughs> I, I, think, I think the process of boarding planes, the process of getting to hotels, the process of just everything's got to be clean. The, the locker rooms are going to be different. There's going to be spacing out. Everything's going to be such a shit show. I think it might, it might sort itself out throughout the season. But I think early on, road teams, I wouldn't want to be a road team dealing with all that. No, I sure wouldn't either. Um... Yeah, especially if there's weird state-by-state quarantine laws, too, by the way. <laughs> like like we were mentioning for the Nathan Sato eating contest. Like, oh, yeah, you're coming from uh, Arizona to New York. Uh, how are you pulling that off exactly? Like, there, yeah, there's definitely going to be some, um, you know, some headaches regarding uh, travel. I agree with you. Um, two and a half fare, in your estimation, as you go into this week one? You're going to price home field advantage around two and a half. Yeah. Okay. I, I think, think I might be. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna be, use. I'm two. gonna be team dependent as well. Like there are teams. Oh, yeah, still, of course. And it, it does suck if we go no fans because some of the teams that I think had higher advantages. Just as I talk out of both sides of my mouth here, I said maybe I'm. You know, fans don't play as big of a part in the home field advantage as the travel, the unfamiliarity. Yeah, sure. Losing, Dome just noise, losing though. Time. Yeah, losing time, but yeah, the, 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 the 12s up in Seattle, the, you know, the Sea of Red down in Kansas City, any of the domes, you know, Minnesota, New Orleans, Indy, I almost threw Detroit in there. I was going to laugh. <laughs> but uh, We know Atlanta well, uses fake crowd noise, so uh, they might have no problems. Oh, I mean, I wonder if they'll be able to do that. Just let them have crowd noise. These. I think it'd be so weird to play football in silence. Oh yes, uh, it's going to be the weirdest. I it is going to be so weird. Like um, the soccer matches, it just it weirds me out already. Yeah. Anyway, um, okay. Team by team, game by game, weather still is an issue, obviously, to be accounted for. There's some extreme scenarios for sure related to home field advantage that I think you're going to have to go case by case. But I think on average over the course of the season, uh, at least over the first four weeks of the season, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to swing away with two and see how that goes. Um, How about the actual power numbers themselves? Did you notice uh, that the breadth between the highest and the lowest was substantially broader this year than last year. I was going to say like two years ago, I want to say we had a little more than last year where maybe you're high. And maybe that was at the end of the year, just looking at your numbers. I think you had like a, a negative seven, yeah. maybe a positive six and a half. But yeah, last year, the, the spread from, the highest power rank team, according to the back testing that you did, was the Rams, the Patriots, Kansas City were all five and a half to the positive, and then Arizona was five and a half to the negative, so eleven points. And this year it is sixteen and a half. Sixteen and a half. 
the rich got richer well, and the poor got poorer. I and think. you know, once he went into the season, <laughs> there were some big numbers with uh, oh, like Miami, and you know that's going to happen when you get beat like a hundred to nothing in the first week. <laughs> they have to make a a decent sized adjustment on the yeah. Like I just think of it. The Miami spreads versus Dallas and New England early on. Those were, two were incredible, yeah. Hilarious. But yeah, they're saying like if Jacksonville had to go to Kansas City, they'd be pert near three touchdown fit dogs, you know, <laughs> right around 20. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and actually, like, like you were kind of implying off the top, like, we talk a big game how we're going to take this more seriously and take some swings. And, you know, the value for sure is going to be later in the season when you have you know, these extremes matching up, right? Like, do, like, do you think... Especially um, if you feel differently about some of these teams. Like, Oh, especially if you feel differently. Like, like, let's feel, like, I think we're both a little higher on Washington than, uh, you know, them being worse than Cincinnati and Carolina. Yeah, think, okay, so... we're going to be higher on the maybe the Chargers. I think they're... I'll post a... I'll, I'll have to post a... If you're wondering what we're talking about, I'll post a screenshot when I... Uh, tweet out the link to this podcast so yeah, look I'm out for that like on my timeline tomorrow i'm you know th- those and those are the teams i'm going to dig into because mm-hmm. the ones where i'm pretty close I'm, those are probably right then okay like, so let's I'm talk about the top of the chart then. as much time i'm gonna the ones that i'm way off i gotta am i wrong or should i be better? yeah yeah let's talk about the top of the chart Two AFC teams, Kansas City, Baltimore. Kansas City with a half point edge over Baltimore. I think that is a fair reflection given some of the more liquid futures markets that we see that Kansas City is an, is has their nose ahead of Baltimore. Would you agree with that? I can get behind that. Okay. In the AFC after that, there is a gap. And it it and it be big. And we've known this. We've talked about this, I feel like. Um but Kansas City has a power rating of eight, Baltimore seven and a half. So basically what that means is on a neutral field, Kansas City would be an eight-point favorite against an average team. Baltimore would be a seven and a half point favorite against an average team. New England is all, all the way down at two. That is your third highest power ranked team in the AFC. Um, so yeah, going back to the kind of the setup we did talking about a potential uh, round two you know, New England heads to Arrowhead. We would be talking about a difference between eight and two, which is six points, and plus another two points for home field advantage. You would be looking at KC minus eight. What do you yeah, think of that? That's, uh, that's bigger than I would have put it when I was doing my little, whatever you want to call it, uh, my little exercise in figuring things out. Like I put it, you know, a little closer than that. And here's here's something. Going back to the, the conversation we had about Cam, um, Super Bowl odds adjusted quickly. A lot of them just – I mean, a lot of these odds just came down. They came down off the board. And, uh, you know, everything else like that just came down. Do you think they've made adjustments on these? No, not on, not on the game of the years? No, on the game of the years, no. No, like, but I, but uh, I know, but, but well, as, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, even if they did make a size no. adjustment, what what are we talking? New England's half maybe point, half point, three at the most, probably yeah, two and a half. I'm two thinking. and a half, yeah. Two and You're half, still yeah. saying, you know, Kansas City on a neutral, Baltimore on a neutral, or hosting, God for say, you know, it's probably a touchdown favorite or better. Yeah, I, no, I think so in any third given best game. Team. 
we saw what a half point ish adjustment in the Miami game week one. I think that's yeah, fair. That's I think fair. that's totally, totally fair. Um, because we don't know if camp, I mean, if, if, if like you know, week one of training camp comes out and people are like, holy crap, Cam's gonna win the job, he looks amazing, like then it should be more than a half, <laughs> right? And if week one of training camp comes out and they're like, you know, the Patriots brought in Cam, but they're really not giving him the reps. They're really not giving me a chance. They're they're grooming Stidham. Then I would say, well, take it out, take it back, <laughs> right? Um, the uh, the take it back disparity there, though. I mean, it's uh, it's it's it's, it's, it's notable. It's it's big. It's kind of um, it does get to be. It's a bit of a mess in there if you if you want to just stick to that AFC theme. Yeah, you know, Buffalo's you, next. You could say you know like oh, Pittsburgh's Buffalo. right in there. Even you know, even Cleveland, Tennessee, yeah. you know, they're not yeah. that far behind. You know, a, a couple points. So, yeah, you know, they they would be. You know, you can say they're New England's ranked ninth and Tennessee is seventeenth. Yeah, if they were playing in Tennessee, Tennessee would be a small favorite. Here's a question for you: As we go down the a- AFC, I know you, you. We've covered this in the MVP pod. I think you're higher on Pittsburgh than I am. You're higher on Big Ben coming back and being a healthy, effective top 10 quarterback? At least. Uh, We're in a quarterback uh, drought, remember? Pittsburgh is the, yeah, we, we are, we are. Pittsburgh is the sixth rated AFC team right now. They are barely behind Buffalo, who is the fifth, and half a point behind New England. Does that pass the smell test to you, or are your Pittsburgh numbers higher than one and a half? It's close. I put them right in there. Okay. You think they maybe should be higher half, than Buffalo? Maybe a half point higher, but I no, feel I like you them. would say pretty conclusively Pittsburgh's better than Buffalo, no? I would put Pittsburgh a point better than Buffalo. So and I don't that's not to say I don't think Pittsburgh's low by that much. I think Buffalo's a little high. Okay. Okay. I think okay. I think it's a combination of both. Like Buffalo's probably a half point high for me. Pittsburgh's a half point to a point low. New England's probably right where they need to be. Indianapolis, Cleveland, Tennessee, Houston. Like, that's just one big mess to me, and that's fine. I think that's fine where they're at. They're all pretty much within. Yeah, they're all within a point of each other somewhere. Yeah, right. I think think that whole mess from Pittsburgh, Buffalo, New England, which I feel like are your three next best teams, down through Indy, Cleveland, Tennessee, Houston, Denver, maybe, even if you want to, if you are a believer in. Young Drew Locke, like that that whole mess there is what's going to make the AFC interesting. Like Kansas yeah. City and Baltimore are going to the playoffs. That's- yeah, you have five teams that are within a point of each other, all around zero. <laughs> That's uh, this makes makes it for some, well, yeah, some fun somebody, football. Somebody from New England and Buffalo has to go, unless Miami does something absolutely wild. So yeah. you, for for your last four spots. And, you know, obviously you have a division winner in the South as well, but there's a, a mess of teams looking for those last four spots. And that'll be that'll be a ton of fun in the AFC. I think we'll get yeah. some good numbers on to make playoffs, maybe midseason or yeah. maybe some division winners. If I was to ask you, and I already spoiled this, but if I was to ask you who is the av- most average team in the NFL, what's the uh, first team that comes to your you mind? Did, you did. Really. <laughs> I w- yeah, honestly, if you would have said it, I would have said Indy. Oh, okay. Okay. Like before you said Tennessee, I was like, you know, Indy would have been that one for me. And they're not far off. Yeah, no, they're a little ahead of them. I and I think I would have had Indy down at 
zero as well there i'm at that yeah the, the market has them at a half and interestingly enough we're going to come back on like adjustments to these because again the way this worked was opening lines came out for every game of the season in one chunk right so if you want to know if you want to know what the uh um you know what the power numbers were that informed them that's one data set right it's kind of a starting point well the market has already told us a couple of these teams need to be nudged up and down based on the week one uh, and week two betting. And actually, uh, we'll, we'll get to this after we kind of go through this the whole is, set of numbers here. The interesting part. This is where I think the money's at. Because they're oh, not sure. adjusting sure. numbers. They're not adjusting. So, yeah, no, no, not fun, even a little no, bit. no way. No way. Um, but, uh, but the market so far has said Indianapolis is a little too high and Houston's a little too low. Um, and it has, uh, but it, you know, Tennessee being the absolute neutral arbiter like like when i solved for <laughs> i when i solved for the power numbers i do it all relative to um and make sure that the average of all 32 teams is zero right uh and tennessee's like out to the fourth decimal was like 0.0082 or something like it was so close to true neutral i was like i just started laughing because i feel like tennessee is an eight and eight team perennially you know um so jeff fisher is listening and <laughs> jeff a tear, fisher. A tear jeff just fisher. rolled down his cheek as he heard that yeah. point that's right um okay so in the so basically the afc is wildly top heavy and then we have kind of a glut in the middle right yes any of the bottom of the AFC teams look weird to you. They, I, I mean, Vegas I, Raiders minus one, Ve- LA Chargers minus one and a half. Like, yeah, I surprising. Said a little earlier too. Like, I, I was joking about flipping the Rams and Chargers. That's that's a big move, but I think the Chargers are closer to a zero. That's probably the one that's off the most outside yeah. of Washington. How about the Jets being too high at minus three? Yeah, the Jets should be below. Um, they should be like in the minus five, minus six range, I think. That's where I, I have them at least. They should be below Miami and Detroit. I agree. Should be Miami minus yeah. five. They should be. So maybe let's just flip Jets. Miami. Miami. Miami and Jets should be flipped. I think those are a couple points off. And sometimes I think maybe the market can be really bad about um, the very bottom of the market like that. Oh, like, yeah, sure. Okay. For sure. Like, I mean, let's go look at last year. The, they ranked the worst team was Arizona. And clearly, and that was a team like if you had, you know, and I, I actually railed against betting their season win total over because not because I thought they didn't have a shot to be good because they're just, I thought it was going to be a wildly deviant variant team. And they did turn out, to, you know, they, they were a better team than I think their record spoke to. And you probably should have won some more of those bets on the win total. But like, they were not the worst team. Miami was kind of a, you know, I throw that out. Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> yeah. oh, throw it out the window. Tail of two teams. The, the amount of moves they made pre and during the season, it was very hard to get a read on them anyway. Uh, and they, I guess they nailed Cincinnati. But you look at their fourth worst team last year was Buffalo. Oh, that's a great point. And we, that we is shit, a great point. We shit on, you know, we shit on Josh Allen and we make fun of the Buffalo fans for being overzealous, but Buffalo was not a minus three and a half team. Like they're saying the they, they said compared to an average team last year, 
last year's Buffalo Bills are on par with what this year's New York Giants. That's I mean that's that's wrong. Yeah, if the right. Giants turn out to be kind of where they're like they were supposed to be, Tampa Bay being that low is probably a little off as well. Um, the top of the market was pretty sharp, except for the Chargers. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a very good point. Rams and, too. Uh, do you know what day you took these numbers? It was in July. Pre-lock, right? Oh yes, it was pre-lock. Yeah, it, it had pre-lock. to be because I'm it looking was, at yeah. that as India's the sixth best team, and <laughs> yeah, that might have been. You know, it's we'll never know. They might have been that good. They had a quarterback not retire. God, what a weird night. Yep. That was weird. Yeah, this was this was in uh, early July before the luck news for sure. Yeah, so um, bottom bottom hmm. of the market, they can be wildly off. I mean, last year a bottom five team, according to these preseason lines, made the playoffs. Yeah, no, that's true. That's so, that's, I mean, that's very true. Pick, pick one of these: Miami, Carolina, Cincy, Washington, Jacksonville. I Miami, obviously. Yeah, it's got to be Miami for me. <laughs> If one of them had Carolina, Cincinnati, and Jacksonville, I'm, I'm I'm not seeing it. Washington, I would entertain it just because I feel like I I guess I don't want to jump before getting yeah, we'll, to the NFC too much, but yeah, we'll do that later. Seven is minus seven for Washington is just really that's really really low. Um, I don't know. I have them on par with the Giants. I don't see how you could have Giants minus three and a half and Washington minus seven. Like that's a disparity that's unexplainable. Four points is too many there. Um, I don't know. Um, I got to form my thoughts a little bit more carefully around Washington. though. Both of those numbers are off. And luckily for us, those two teams play each other twice. Oh, twice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we should just hit the dogs both times well yeah just right away i'm like god i should take washington you know getting a touchdown going up to new york yeah yeah what week is that i'm not sure and i'm probably a little off it's probably only about six but no that's a good point that's a very good point that might if if that's mid-season that might be a pick like there are some of these that we it's it sucks because we identified some of these last year a lot of it was with the Rams and we're like oh man this will be way different and then we get to the season it's like six points different yeah it's week six yeah <laughs> it's a bad spot for Giants too it's after they go L A Dallas at L A at Dallas and before they go at Philly they got a Washington sandwich in there um. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, with, without getting a promo. Who's taking action on these right now? I, uh, and, a lot. I basically everywhere legal yeah. and offshore that I could tell you. I think I I literally it didn't used to be that is, way. It didn't used to be that way. You used to have have a very narrow set of outs that you could get these down on, but nowadays it's you can get them down everywhere. Yeah, it was like um, Chris and I think Dimes would follow them. Yeah, the only place that 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 gave me an easily easy scrapable full the, every single game like the last year and the year before was CG Tech. Uh, I don't, are, are they even still around? I'm not even sure if they they probably got bought by someone, no, but whatever the case is, uh, these came from you know a combination of, of sources. I kind of uh, did some checking and balancing, but most of them are points bet. Um, but there was really not a lot of disparity across the books. Um, once you get past week one and two anyway. Um, yeah. So I think the AFC numbers are broadly pretty fair and they kind of describe a space that makes sense to me. 
right? Yes. The I, I was looking for something just right now because I remember seeing this. Uh, somebody had regular win season total matchups. Oh, that's interesting. I think that's worth looking at. If you if you want to take these numbers that you have here, you want to take your own numbers. Like I just found it. It's on Bet Online. They have uh, the Panthers are favored uh, minus twenty five to the Skins plus oh five. Oh, see, that's a great play. Uh, see, that like, that is a so that is a the, super fun one. We're yeah. so cold on uh, uh, the Panthers, Carolina. Yeah. And they are taking two hundred and fifty dollars on that. Oh, interesting. I like this. Um, some of them, some of them have spreads, like they put Eagles and Chiefs, Chiefs minus two, Saints minus uh, one over the box. Like these, are, I'm I'm going to dig into these if I, when I get a chance. Ooh, that's fun. Um, I guess Jacksonville at minus eight and a half at the very bottom of the standings for the AFC. Does that feel like it's gone? Like it's a step too far? It's too big to start. It's the, too big, right? Like you can't start There's the no way season. That bad are they? I mean, they're going to be bad. They'll probably be the worst team. They couldn't stop the run last year, but they had, they drafted a ton of defense. Yeah, like I think the bottom of the – it should be just like Carolina, Cincinnati, Jacksonville should all be like minus five and a half, minus six. Minus eight and a half is a big, big, big number. <sighs> Didn't they get some good coordinators in there too who were like kind of sneaky good good pickups? Well, they got just, rid of DeFilippo. They, got, they brought the, in somebody good. scenario – you have the Houston Texans who have jettisoned their best receiver, have given no thought or care outside of finally getting a tackle to protecting their greatest asset, have a dipshit <laughs> GM, a dipshit head coach. Yeah. And if Jacksonville had to go to Houston, I mean, are you laying 10 points? <laughs> no. <laughs> no way. <laughs> You know, no the, way. just looking at some of these middle of the pack teams, like, am I going to lay ten points with even if it's eight and a half, nine Jacksonville up in Chicago? You bet in Chicago minus nine there? Definitely not. You know, um, the, the, that it depends on yeah. It's if, if, if that if that was in the middle of December, maybe, but uh, not not in general. Yeah, that like they just it, when I start making comparisons to a neutral team like that, it just feels really awful to take Cleveland minus ten over Jacksonville. Yeah, I agree. Wolf. I don't know. Maybe I was wrong about their uh, their coaching staff. I'm not really like super thrilled about any of these names. Oh, they yeah. brought in Jay Gruden as the offensive coordinator. Ben McAdoo is the quarterback's coach. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Who's who? Failures in the NFC East. <laughs> oh my god! Oh no! Oh, um, okay. Well, that's, let's. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to. Th- uh, I'm trying to think of other coaches that got run out of NFC East teams. They bring in like Andy Reid. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Jason Garrett is in in New York now. Uh, the we correctly uh, we need to find a market that offers us the uh, uh, Jason Garrett takes over for Adam Gase in the Jets next year. Uh, that's a good one. Um, all right, let's switch over to the NFC. Any other, any other closing thoughts on the NFC? I am pretty 
pretty happy with the top of the market. Okay. I'm as much as I kind of resisted against the Tampa Bay love. I think the number is probably fair being a couple points worse than like San Francisco, New Orleans to me. I had a, I had trouble differentiating like yes, virtual draw. It's a virtual who, yeah, draw. Who's, who's my best team in the NFC? I'm putting them both very closely. I think Dallas is probably a titch ahead of Tampa. I would flip flop those two numbers. Yep. Okay. Philly maybe a little high. Seattle. Yeah. Philly's got to slide a little. Green Bay. Seattle's got to slide a little. Green Bay is probably right where they need to be. The Rams are a titch high. Minnesota's probably are right. I had them like one, one and a half. That's who knows with them. They're probably right where they need to be. And then the rest of it's probably pretty close outside of obviously we said Washington's a little low. Um, I think you were a little higher on Detroit. I know some other people who are. Yeah, Chicago and Detroit need to kind of come together a little. Yeah, Detroit shouldn't be down in the Giants area. Like they're, they're bookended by Giants, Miami, Carolina, Jets. They what should, what they should be off the top one, of your one yeah. tier better than that and Chicago. off the top of your head off the top of your head what is a green what is a uh, what are, how many points are the Lions getting at Green Bay like traveling to Green Bay like yeah Detroit is at Green Bay how many points are they getting four and a half yeah that's about where I would be too and uh, these power numbers would tell you seven yeah. I mean, it's a lot of the perception of last year, I guess, but I think Detroit underperformed quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's some residual. I'm not keen on them as a outside playoff shot, but I think they're a, they're not a basement team like the, the well, you're not alone because the market agreed. Um, week one, that thing that, uh, I'm not sure if you saw, but Detroit, um, Chicago in Detroit, got bet to Detroit minus two already. I think that opened up with Chicago as a slight favorite minus one, or at least a pick them at most places. Yeah. These numbers would, uh, now pick them to two. It should be be Chicago minus one in Detroit. Yeah. I think that's what it opened and it's been bet to Detroit minus two already. And is that a super meaningful move? You know, there's some dead numbers there. Um, but, Detroit could tie week one. We've know that that that's happened before. Are you, um, are you, I was just gonna make, don't bring that up, man. That was so watching you. Okay, so no, but seriously, I think you know. I think the the uh, the look ahead, the uh, the um, power numbers that informed the look ahead lines, you know, informed Chicago minus one at Detroit week one, and the market has already decided. No, those two teams are closer together. And I completely agree, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not like a huge move, but uh, if you're if you're a one point favorite, your implied odds are about minus one fifteen. And if you're a, you know, if you're a two point, and then suddenly you're a two point dog, it goes down to like forty five and a half. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. It, it's like it's like a five or six percent change in win probability. It's a decent. Dead numbers be damned. It's a decent move. It's a big one, yeah. It's 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 big. Um, other worthwhile, notable moves that I wanted to point out, um, and not unlike what we were saying, Jacksonville being a minus eight and a half, the market did not agree with that. Um, 
the week one line uh, at Indy, they went minus eight and a half to minus six and a half. Um, excuse me, that's at Jacksonville. Holy shit! So that that's that was bet across seven, um, one and a half point swing there. What did go? What did go from eight and a half? Indy minus eight to Indy minus six and a half. So that goes from a seventy-eight percent favorite to a seventy-two percent favorite. Yeah, crosses a pretty important number. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. It's another six percent move. Yeah. Um. Nothing to scoff at. Texans got upgraded since this power numbers were released as well. Both uh, week one, they got bet down from ten and a half to nine and a half across ten, playing the Chiefs. Week two, they got bet from six to five against the Ravens at home. So there's basically the market said you're off on Texans by one. So that shouldn't be minus a half. It should be plus a half. I would, you know, and even at $2,000, I would, well, if people are popping this, it, I don't know what like paperheads have for this or locals, but if people are popping this over, you know, 50, 100 books that even nickel limits, I suppose it's it's enough to inform the market on this sort of thing. So it's probably, I mean, I guess why not? No, it's like, not they're not like, moving. Don't you on think air. this? I feel like this year of any year, you're probably seeing more activity. I mean, limits are for sure. Limits are higher than I've ever seen for stuff that's a million million weeks away. <laughs> like that's that is very clear across a bunch of books right now, which is interesting. Um, you know, the fact that they hung those NBA openers for the restart uh, and were willing to take one two K or two one on those was at a couple of places was pretty eye opening. Um, especially because we don't even really know the full list of players who's, who are going to be out of that. Um, the, uh, but yeah, the, um, I, I think that the market is moving earlier on real information this year than it would in any other year, just because of the lack of sports going on between now and when NFL is going to start less yeah. incentive to just sit on your money. I guess, uh, I guess I can get behind that. I have to think about that a little. Okay. I mean, it makes sense. It, it's, it passes the smell test. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, the, I guess there was one, there were there, none, there, the other moves that, uh, that I saw in week one, week two, relative to the, uh, to the openers were all kind of more in line with like actual information and less more, less and less um, informative of, Hey, the power number on this team is not right. Um, so that yeah, was you'll have informational moves as we go through the preseason, you know. Yeah, yeah, like like uh, the uh, like the Philly uh, offensive guard Brooks after the season, you know, like that kind of thing. Like that's I think that impacts them, especially against the Washington Redskins Week One. You know. Hmm. Um. So what did we learn? <laughs> <laughs> from all of this that uh, go dive in now and try to find some late in the season big dogs and just take you know any, you know stuff that's in the plus seven and up range recognizing that we're gonna have like 
potentially massive value come later. Um, like it's like, I guess, is there a scenario where you make a bet that's plus 10 now and we get to December and it's plus 13, <laughs> right? Oh, Things just sure. don't I mean, really we'll, work that way though. Like it's really rare. I mean, it happens, but you also, you, you know, we could make 10 bets and there could be several bets that move that way. And they just weren't the ones we made. Like we could have yeah. missed like, Oh shit. Like the giants figured something out over the off season with Danny dimes and instead they're of being, six point favorites instead of three, yeah, yeah, and it's like yeah. oh, they're host, you know, they're hosting the Eagles, and they're you know they're favored by like five now. Like, what is going on? You know, if the Eagles, and and also at the same time, you you know, I gave it a scenario there where just something happens where a team over underachieves their expectations, and outside of that too, there's massive injury risk this season if we're going to have a shortened preseason, shortened camps. Like normally there's a massive injury risk for these players because they're essentially just, you know, running into car accidents every play. And, you know, if we don't have a preseason, we don't have camps, we don't have everything like that. Uh, all those ACL tears that you normally see early in the season or in the preseason, those are, those are going to go halfway through the year now. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess here's a question. That's why I would never go nuts on this. Let me, let me give you a very specific example then. Um, week 14, the Washington Redskins fly out to San Francisco, California to take on the San Francisco 49ers. I guess they fly out to Santa Clara. Excuse me. They fly out to San Jose <laughs> and drive to Santa Clara and take on the San Francisco 49ers. The power numbers would imply that you're going to have something like a 15 point spread. Is there any world where Washington is this much that much worse than minus seven or san francisco is that much better than plus six that you see a spread bigger than 15 and and if you do <laughs> you gaining, are you gaining some huge advantage in in a game with that lopsided of a spread anyway yeah right well, so it's such so a high 16 like, instead of we, 15 we, and we, we've shown really that look. too yeah like um teams that are favored by more than a touchdown a lot of those games, like a high proportion of those games end up by, you know, t- when they do cover, they cover by a lot. Yeah, like they right. blow the, they blow the fucking doors off them. So yeah. it's like, Oh, you know, I got, I got mine or I got plus 13 yeah. and plus 17. They lose by 30. Cause that happens a lot. Oh, of course. A lot course. more that than happened. a lot more than you'd expect, I guess is what I want to say. Cause well, we, last, yeah, the key example from last year was the uh, Cardinals and the Rams. We went through this same exercise and we were like, man, Cardinals and Rams is going to be plus 13 late in the year. Like just grab the plus 13 now. Right. Like don't like, what are the chances? It's going to be a bigger number than that. And we got to that. We got to that game and it was a pick em. And I think the Rams won thirty to three or something, something insane. But yeah, yeah that was uh, like I, no, I, I just mean in terms of you know having a potential, I don't know, a couple key numbers in the middle. You could have fourteen, and that, ten, and, and seven where, in the middle, possibly. That's where I would be at with this. If I was doing something along those lines, I'd be looking for some high variance teams playing some high variance teams who um, have a high chance of maybe a quarterback injury if you're betting against them or low chance of 
quarterback or, or a team with a great backup or where the maybe not even to say great backup, but a backup who is really close in skill level to the starter, even yeah. if it's bad, because you can say, Oh, why would you want to bet on a team with a bad backup? Cause their starters just as bad. And that's driven into the number. Like the number, if the backup comes in, the number might not change at all. So even if there's a quarterback injury, I'm not really putting that price at risk 10 weeks from now or, you know, three months from now, whatever you want to get at. And, you know, in some of these other teams where the backup is shit compared to, you know, some superstar, like that's that's a team I wouldn't mind betting against in something like this, especially if I think there's a higher injury risk for, you know, teams in this in this particular goofy ass COVID season. So, uh, oh, yeah. look at something like that and look to get some middles. I, I would come back if, if something moved like that much, 13 to pick, I'm coming back on it. Like, <laughs> yeah. If I cross 10, 7, 6, 4, 3, <laughs> you don't come back on the other side, yeah. I guess. Uh, whatever, get your head checked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. There's, yeah, there's too <clears throat> much. There's too many numbers in the middle of there not to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I think this was pretty useful exercise. I really enjoyed doing. Definitely, this. Yeah, definitely, kinda... definitely. We'll have to post uh, what we yeah. what we've been staring at. Just to, it's good to look at to you know get what we're saying. But I mean, basically, it's just a list of teams with a number by them saying Kansas City's ranked eight. Jacksonville's minus eight and a half and everybody else in between. Yeah. And I guess like the, the, if you are not going to develop your own numbers from scratch via some process that you have used and feel very comfortable with and have, you know, kind of what's that? Yeah. And that you could just use this This is way better. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. If you, if you don't have your own numbers, like start with this. Like if, you, like if you're not if you're not organically creating a set of numbers for teams uh, by some methodology, just take this and just say, well, I don't agree that Minnesota would be a pick'em versus, uh, you know, versus Atlanta. Uh, in Atlanta, I think they should be a dog. I mean, I'm going to move Minnesota down in Atlanta. Up. Like you, you know, you can kind of go through that mental exercise and make adjustments to this, and just you know, kind of nudge nudge things, you know. Nudge Indianapolis down and Houston up, you know, nudge Chicago down and Detroit up, you know, those sort of things I think are very, um, you know, very useful exercise. If you're not going to go about developing your own numbers from some other kind of organic process, or even if you do, you then can check them and just kind of have some reasonable ground truth. Right. If you're developing numbers, you want to know like entirely possible. You could come up with a set of numbers and the spread between the top and the bottom is, is 12. You would look when, at this and say, you, wait, maybe yeah, should I be more like 16? Like, yeah. Three years ago, you did this. Essentially, it's what I used. Because yeah, before sure. that, I, my, I had a power number system, but it was way messier and uglier and made a lot less sense now that I look back at it. And you did this. I'm like, <laughs> well, this is just better. I'm going to use this. And then last year, you know, I, w- I appreciated you putting it together, and it was really nice to compare. But at that point, I had my own stuff based on priors and stealing the numbers from the year before. Yeah. And, you know, now I'm at the same point. So maybe, you know, maybe it's a process for you. Yeah. We, yeah. I mean, these are, you have them. We're giving them to you. Thank you, yeah. Drew, for yeah. doing back testing on this. And it, it, it's basically, it's already out there in the, the yeah. spreads that they've put out. You know, if you go. And guess and, what? 
you know, you go look at a team, you're going to find, you know, you go look at any one game, you're going to say, oh, the difference between these two plus the home field is going to equal this number pretty closely within a half point for the most part. So it's not like, you know, some secret code, but if, if you want to start this year and have a set of power numbers, you could do a lot worse than going with what the market's telling you. So take these yes. and run with it and yes. you know, tighten it up over the next few seasons. Yeah, if- and honestly, like like the exercise we went through saying that the market betting into week one and week two has nudged uh, Detroit up and Chicago down. Like yeah. this is a living, breathing set of numbers. Every week you're going to have the current week's market numbers. You're going to have the next week's look-ahead numbers that you're going to be able to kind of back you you can do kind of the logic game the what's the um a is greater than b b is greater than c therefore c is greater than a is greater than transitive. c or whatever what's the, the transitive is that the transitive, transitive. property anyway there's logic there's transitive basically a logic game you, you if you have two weeks of lines one where people are betting into them with relatively high limits and it's and it's it's signal um, and you have a look ahead set of numbers that reflects that same kind of uh, market opinion, then you can modify these week in, week out, and always kind of have some idea of what any number, you know, whatever, what, what any game's going to open, what any, um, you know, position you're going to be faced with over the course of the season long before it gets there. And that'll be to your advantage. Yes. And football's coming, so get ready. <laughs> this is this is a key step to being ready. Yes, it is, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Okay. All right, well, good luck. Uh, if you have any thoughts, if you have any questions, if you did this exercise yourself and you got a different answer and you want to know why we're different, we can talk through all that stuff available pretty much uh, throughout the weekend as uh, I won't be at the beach here in, in uh, Southern California. I'll be in South Dakota shooting off some sick ass fireworks because they don't uh, no fucking laws out there. Just buy whatever. Take, here's yeah. some dynamite. Like, get here's some dynamite for the kids. Dynamite for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Yep. Okay. Well, have a great one. Uh, I'll talk some golf tomorrow, and uh, best of luck uh, getting your NFL prep done. <laughs>